Welcome to the WRSU Crew, the revolutionary show to hear all things sports, from your very own Rutgers Athletics to the hot topics in all professional and collegiate sports from around the globe. Coming to you from your own Rutgers students. Sit back, relax, and enjoy your ride with the crew. And welcome to the Friday Crew. This is WRSUFM New Brunswick Jam Packed Friday Crew show for you today. In a little bit over less than four hours, we have tip off between Rutgers women's basketball and Ohio State on Senior Night. Rutgers will try to lock up the number three seed uh, in the Big Ten women's basketball tournament. Jake Schmid here with you. KR Palan, Doug Willig also on the Opals, and we got Jared running the board. How's everybody doing today? Doing good, you know, another end of the week wrap up. Um, just glad to be here. You know, basketball is coming to an end, but I'm sure there's a lot more sports talk to be going on. How about you, Doug? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You know, basketball, you know, college basketball, regular season coming towards an end, but still, you know, I'm doing good. Just excited, you know, just finished, you know, my last class for the week. Talk to you guys and then we'll have the weekend. Yeah, it's a good thing going forward. Uh, Rutgers, Minnesota tips off tomorrow at noon. We'll have coverage of that at at uh, eleven forty five at the pregame for that. But a big, big pivotal matchup for Rutgers against Minnesota. Rutgers. Uh, a lot of people are saying, a lot of bracketologists, if Rutgers wins this, they're in for the NCAA tournament for the first time in thirty years since nineteen ninety one. Um, obviously, they would have made it last season, but because of COVID nineteen cancellations, but. You know, this is this is really I think that this is the biggest game on Rutgers schedule just because of the magnitude of that loss against Nebraska, that 72 to 51 loss, which is hard to believe was on Monday um, when they lost to the worst place team in the Big Ten, um, which is not a sight that you see. But especially from their uh, their one player, uh, Lat Mayan, he had 16 points in about 13 or 14 minutes. He finished with 25, a career high. And. Rutgers only had two players in double figures, Jacob Young with 12, Harper Jr. with 10, and Harper Jr. again, a cold stretch offensively from beyond the arc, 0 of 4 from the three. He really has been struggling from the three-point range. The only game that he really uh, was was good in was that Indiana game when he was 4 of 7 in that game, and he had 20 points. Aside from that, he's been ice cold from three, and KR, we've talked about this a lot, that one of the things that Harper Jr. is going to really have to do is he's going to have to really make some big strides if this team is going to compete down the road of the Big Ten tournament and come March Madness. Yeah, and, you know, I think a lot of critics are also pointing that out about Rutgers. Um, that's one of their weaknesses, right? One of their biggest weaknesses because of the, I guess, expectations that are put on Miles Johnson. Uh, I mean, not Miles Johnson, Ron Harper Jr. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't say he's like underperforming, but he's not performing to the expectation or at least what we had seen earlier in the season. Um, and if that, I would, like you mentioned, the cold streak, if that continues going forward, Rutgers is in, you know, a bit of a pickle going forward because they're not going to know who to kind of rely on when it comes to these close matches. Uh, and, you know, like you said, it becomes one of Rutgers' most important games of the year uh, when it shouldn't, right? And because of what happened with Nebraska, now you're going against a Minnesota team that, you know, isn't, I would say, as easy as you would have, many would have thought Nebraska was. Um, but, you know, it's still a going to be another competitive game. And if Rutgers can come out and, and kind of, you know, 
play like they have been during games against, you know, much tougher opponents, I don't see them, you know, getting blown out or, or at least putting on what some would call an embarrassing performance like we had seen against Nebraska. But yeah, uh, it's I would say it's the most important game of the season because it does defy our future uh, in terms of this season or, or you know, what we're going to do after the regular season ends. Um, but, you know, there's a lot, I would say there's a lot more question marks than just Ron Harper Jr. Um, if that answers your questions. Yes, he's, uh, you know, um, going to have to basically kick it up, but so is the rest of the team. And it's going to take a lot. It's going to take a lot for us to get to where we want or, you know, where a lot of people dream of being, but it's not over. Um, I think there's still a lot more chances left for Rutgers, especially considering the Big Ten tournament is coming up. Um, there's a lot of opportunities. They just need to capitalize on them. Yeah, definitely. And this is also, they're facing a depleted Minnesota team as well. Minnesota has a couple of key players injured, notably junior guard Gabe Kalsher and uh, Liam Robbins, their star center, who had a good game against Rutgers. Um, obviously, they limited Mark, Marcus Carr, but guys like Marcus Carr, uh, he's gonna. They're gonna have to step up uh, in place of Robbins and uh, Kalsher, um, who are the the, the Golden Gophers' key pieces uh, offensively and defensively. And they're also on a six-game losing skid too. Uh, Minnesota. This is they were one. Of, they were a bubble watch team, and now all of a sudden they're six uh, six and fourteen in the Big Ten. Um, they're eight wins below 500 in conference play, which will not get you a tournament uh, bid at all, an at-large bid. And uh, they're 13 and 14, so they don't really have that record anymore. Uh, but for Rutgers, for seeding for the Big Ten tournament, they can be as high as seven, as low as nine, given the outcome of this game. And the ideal spot right now, if the season ended today, they'd be playing Indiana in that eight-nine spot. And then the next round, they'd have Illinois. And you got to feel, you know, Illinois obviously is a top-five team in the country. They've They've had a really good week um, of basketball. They upset number two Michigan, 76-53. They dismantled Michigan at the Chrysler Center. They're 19-6 and on the season. Um, but this is also a team, Illinois, that did not look good against Rutgers. Um, so you think a little down the road, if Rutgers-Illinois match of the Big Ten tournament, that could be um, interesting as well. Yeah, definitely agreed. You know, I was just about to bring that up. 68 on February 11th and then since then they've lost six in a row you know some of these have been tough opponents you know Illinois is a four seed in the country Minnesota lost by 29 to them on Saturday February 20th but overall you know six losses in a row puts them in a rough situation going to Rutgers you know the game is at home for Minnesota for what that's worth and then Marcus Carr like you said averaging 20 points a game five assists four rebounds on the season he'll have to step up the 6-2 Richard Jr. But Rutgers, I mean, you know, you can't look at Minnesota and think about that six-game losing streak because that'll get you in over your head. You got to just focus on, you know, trying to get the win. I know Minnesota, like you've said, Liam Robbins has missed uh, the past three games. He's their second-leading scorer, and you know he's expected to miss the game as well. So it'll be interesting how Rutgers prepares for this. I think that, you know, as long as because we've seen Rutgers lose to, you know, bad teams, but we've also seen them beat good teams. So you don't know what's going to happen necessarily, but as long as, you know, Pico comes in, comes in with a good game plan, I think Rutgers should be okay for this. Like, I'm confident in their ability to close out the season on a win. Yeah, Doug. Last week, um, before we played Nebraska, I came on the air saying that 
easy win. Rutgers is going to run away with it. So I, I don't think Rutgers can be that confident heading into the Minnesota game. They should be confident, but they can't be overconfident because if they are, it's could end up really bad like we saw against the Nebraska game. So I just think that they just have to hope that Pico has a good game plan and just they can't overhype themselves or be overconfident because we just can't have what happened against Nebraska because if that happens, it will be really bad for the Scarlet Knights. And I don't want to say they might not make the tournament, but losing these last two games of the season to not very good teams could be detrimental down the road when brackets are made. Yeah, that's another uh, interesting thing to look at. I mean, you look at Rutgers' resume and what they're doing. They're top 40 in the net, which is a good solidifying uh, standing right there. They have four quad one wins on the season. Obviously, you know, they Illinois, uh, Purdue, Maryland, Indiana, those are your four quad one wins. Um, and they swept the Indiana season t- uh, series too, um, which is really good as well. Um, but um, the, what helps Rutgers, too, is that Michigan State's been winning more games. That victory, I think, the Purdue one has been bumped up. The Michigan State one has been bumped up. They beat Indiana on Tuesday, um, and then they lost to Michigan by 19 last night. Um, Rutgers is about eighth right now. They're tied with Maryland, uh, but Maryland, I believe, would have the tiebreak on that. It's between Maryland, Rutgers, Michigan State, and Indiana for that 7-8-9-10 spot. It, Penn State wasn't really going to uh, put up a fighting chance against them. Um, you want if you're Rutgers, you want Rutgers to play Indiana because they've they've beat Indiana and they've we saw that at home despite that slow start. Um, but we've we've seen them beat Michigan State. Um, I would be more comfortable with them than Maryland because Maryland, you never know what you're going to get with Maryland. Maryland's a very good team. Um, but for Rutgers in this game, also, um, you know they've they've had more success coming in. This is another opportunity to get a road Big Ten win, which is also good for Rutgers and a team that they should beat is Minnesota. And I think that one thing you're gonna have to watch out for is that car, that uh, car matchup for the golden Gophers, uh, Marcus Carr on Jacob young. Obviously they put Jacob young in the starting lineup instead of Caleb McConnell. Um, I don't know if Pykel changes the lineup. Uh, that's, that's what he had. Um, obviously did young on senior day, uh, senior night when they beat Indiana last week um, and young that carried over against Nebraska. Cause they were coming into that game with a win after they lost to Maryland before. Um, and then, We'll see if that really uh, what happens with that starting rotation because that could be a whole thing uh, if Jacob Young goes in and Kale McConnell because we've seen Young obviously is one of the top steals leaders of the Big Ten but uh, this this Minnesota team is going to be very gritty and they're going to be in a very aggressive uh, backcourt too. Yeah, and something I want to note on Rutgers, and I, I bring this up, I mean, I brought this up on the crew before, but, you know, they're not a good free-throw shooting team. We know that, 62.4% on the gear, 31.3% from three. And, you know, in the past, I've said I, I want Rutgers to shoot more threes, or I don't know if I've said that specifically, but I guess, you know, I take that back. I guess, you know, Rutgers, if they're not the best team shooting from three, you know, we know where they get their points. They're averaging 70.1 points per game while allowing 68 points per contest. You know, they got a two-point advantage on that end. They shoot 45% overall from the floor, ninth in the Big Ten in offensive efficiency. So they're not necessarily an elite offensively efficient team, but we already know that. And if as long as Rutgers just focuses on what they know how to do and coming into this game against Minnesota, I think they'll be okay. And I don't want to come off, you know, overconfident. But Minnesota has lost six consecutive, as we've already mentioned a few times. So they just got when they fly out there, it's just you have to get a good performance to end the season. You just need to get that. 
Yeah, I was going to say, Doug, you might want to watch your words there because I do remember talking about Nebraska and, you know, all of us, not just you, saying that that might be it should be an easy win, but obviously things didn't turn out the right way. And I think that's one of the, you know, fun parts about college basketball as a whole. Uh, it's unpredictable, but I think it's gotten to a point, and I talked about this a little bit on the Wednesday crew as well, Um you know, I think there's just so many inconsistencies currently in the team that I'm just scared about what's going to happen, you know, in the next game, let alone if we're going to get into the NCAA tournament or not. And it's gotten to a point where I can't, you know, provide the ball or I can't trust anybody on the team to kind of take the last shot or, you know, take every shot in a sense. And um, I think that just shows like, I wouldn't say how much of a downfall that the the team has had, but that just shows that, um, you know, yes, this team has developed in some areas, but still hasn't, you know, clarified what its identity is yet. And I think that's a big question mark, especially if you're trying to become one of the elite basketball teams in the nation. Yeah, okay. Well, Rutgers is also one of those teams where if they're having a bad day, it's tough for them to come up, come back from that because if Ron Harper's not playing well, then the surrounding players don't play as well either. And then it's just a bad game. So they need to find some way for someone to step up, like in the tournament to say they're having a bad game. Someone has to step up. And during this season for the last couple of games or while of games, we really haven't seen that when they're struggling, someone steps up. It's like when they're struggling, the team's defeated, like in the Nebraska game, they were defeated and that was the end of the game. They got blown out. So they're just, there's just so many questions for this team and just not enough answers that they're going to really have to figure some stuff out within the next few weeks if they really want to have success in the tournaments. Yeah, definitely. I uh, I agree with you on that, Jared. It's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out, but I want to ask you guys a question about this and the thing for me is that this Rutgers team, obviously we've seen Geo Baker have really good games down the stretch, like that Indiana game on senior night. And then we've had seen some poor shooting performances from Harper Jr., from Baker. Um, obviously, Miles Johnson's free throws have been a huge um, hallmark of the season. Um, what do you guys think, you know, which one of those, like, you know, kind of trends of this season you think needs to flip um, going forward in these postseason tournaments and uh, this Minnesota game, too? I think that it's got to be Ron Harper playing better. I mean, he's your best player. He was projected to be one of the best players in the nation before the season even started, and he just has not lived up to the preseason hype. So we all know it's there. We all know he's a great player. So hopefully he figures it out and turns it around, but he's running out of time to do that. To be completely honest, like I don't know if we have that You know, one guy who can kind of completely flip the team. I think it's just a matter of, you know, going in there with a, a strict game plan that I would say we trust more than just, you know, taking shots beyond the arc because obviously that hasn't been working lately. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's more of a question of what type of personnel we'll have on the floor. Is it going to be, you know, that aggressive play style with both Paul McKay and Jacob Young out there who are constantly, you know, out there making sure that the uh, opponent is uncomfortable and, and doing whatever it takes and moving the ball where, you know, 
will have the most opportunities to to make a better shot or is it going to be that personnel where we're going to have both uh, Miles and maybe Cliff even down bo- uh, down in the paint and, and kind of feed them in the paint and use that big man ability to maybe even open up the floor in the game and then provide shots beyond the arc. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, they attack or, you know, we've seen both sides of, of that team that, you know, we can kind of dream of. But um, I think it's just more in a sense where they have... Uh, from the last couple of games, I just haven't seen this team be comfortable in the games they're playing. Um, and, and if it comes down to it where you're playing in a game to decide, you know, whether your season continues or ends, you got to go out there and at least show that, you know, you want to play in the game. And you're not just there to kind of either play catch up or, or you know, just there to play. Like, you want to go out there and win. And uh, to be honest, I haven't seen that. And that might be, you know, a little offensive, but obviously I want the best for this team. And I have seen them, you know, let's say in their prime throughout this season. And I want to see them in their prime before this regular season ends. Doug, what about you? What do you think has to change for this Rutgers team? You know, I'm not sure what specifically needs to change. I mean, I've been trying to look at different stats and whatnot, you know, to prepare to call the game tomorrow with Brant. Nothing really, like, sticks out at me. You know, I said a couple things before, you know, their ninth in offensive efficiency, sixth in defensive efficiency in the Big Ten. Uh, Offensively, their fourth in turnover rate, fifth in two-point shooting percentage. These are all uh, in terms of Big Ten teams. So, uh, I mean... None of that like sticks out at me a lot. I I don't know what specifically needs to change. I mean, we know what this Rutgers team is capable of. You know, Cliff stepped up a little bit this season. He's averaging four points, four rebounds a game. You know, Ron's obviously the leading scorer. And, you know, Jake, you already talked about Jacob Young a bunch. Geo Baker's had a decent year, you know, 10 points a game. So I think, you know, if the team just plays collectively as a unit, I don't know what specifically needs to change. Maybe it's a mentality thing. I don't know. But we, we know Rutgers is capable of beating Minnesota. And I'm not saying they're going to beat it, beat them because, KR, you're right. When you called me out before, you know, I don't want to be too confident or anything. So I'm not sure what specifically needs to change. But if they just go, you know, play with the defense's efficiency, efficiency like they usually do, play cohesively as a unit on both ends, then hopefully they'll be okay. Yeah, that's a that's a good point, Doug. Um, Want to get you guys' uh, thoughts about the game too, about the um, the score and like not just the score, but like who who controls this game? Because I feel like Miles Johnson's due for a good defensive outing. I think Rutgers wins this one, but I think it's going to be close. I wouldn't count Minnesota out, even though they have uh, Robbins uh, is hurt. Um, we know that he's a very good player, um, Liam Robbins. Uh, so, but they have Marcus Carr and limiting Marcus Carr. That's where your off- offense is going to start. He orchestrates the offense. I think limiting Marcus Carr is, is going to be great, just like they did when Minnesota came home uh, to the rack when they came here a couple uh, month, couple like four or five weeks ago. Um, so, I think that's going to be important uh, going forward. What do you guys think about like a key player, key advantage uh, that you think Rutgers is going to have to use to control this game? Like I said before, I think it's the aggressiveness. So we've seen that kind of pay off. Uh, they're able to force turnovers, 
provide more shots on the offensive side of the ball. But, you know, um, just being aggressively both on the offense and defense and, and taking smarter shots, I think that is definitely going to help us out. Um, because, again, you're the team's gotten to a point where, in my opinion, you take any shot that you get. Don't try to go out of your way and, and you know, be that three-point shooting team. Like, just take whatever points you're going to get because – like you know who who knows we're gonna need them uh to win the game like they might as well just help uh so i i think that aggressiveness if they can continue that uh it's gonna be you know a competitive game in which Rickers might have the chance to pull it off is liam robbins already ruled out for the game No, but um, I I don't know if I don't know. I saw that he's like hurt. Um, there there's an uh, article from the Duluth News Tribune from like from Minnesota that said that um he he was a game time decision in their last game on Wednesday, which they uh they lost to Penn State. Um, so he didn't play then. Um, but Coach Patino, uh, Coach Richard Patino from Minnesota said that um there's that he uh he well he sprained his ankle in their win over Purdue back on February the 11th and then he was limited over his next three games and missed the past two now three um which really I was in the losing streak started was when he went down um so uh he said that he's gonna he wants to play he's fighting through it um and he said that he could be back um as soon as Wednesday which was last week but I, he, he could return tomorrow if they said like he was a game time decision I'm sure they wanted to just rest him for this game yeah, so I'm sure that it seems like he'll be playing slightly banged up or not playing at all. So I think uh, I'll go with the X factor for the game being Miles Johnson. I just feel like, especially if Robbins isn't playing, we should be expecting a big Miles Johnson game. And also if Robbins is in there banged up, who knows how good he's going to be, how quick he's going to be. So I definitely think Miles Johnson will be able to take advantage of that and hopefully put up a big game. Because if he puts up a big game, I definitely think it will be very good for the Knights and most definitely be able to lead them to a victory. Doug, what do you think? I I want to see a big performance from Ron Harper Jr. And I know that he, he's been big the whole year, but if he goes off for maybe like, you know, a big scoring night, like we saw him have a couple earlier in the season, I'd be excited, and I know, um, you know, I I know you asked one player to look out for, but like I said before, even if you know RHJ has a big game, I just want to see the team play as a unit. You know, just have a solid first half. I don't want to see them fall behind Minnesota early. You know, just control the game from the first half, whether it's Ron or someone else, and just take control of things. So, because I don't want to be like on the edge of my seat. I, I mean, I know I like exciting games. We all like exciting games. But just to end the regular season, I just like an easy W. Like, a, you know, kind of a laid-back second half. Rutgers is already in control of things. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be interesting um, to see how it plays out. Um, definitely excited to see that game. Um, another thing I really think is going to happen is, um, you know, what does Coach Peichel do? Does he use a little bit of a more, like, trap defense? What kind of tactics does he use um, against Minnesota? Because when they last played Minnesota, um, on February the 4th, uh, they won that game, um, but only by four. And in that game, uh, that was the big game uh, for Geo Baker when he had 16 points. He made all four of his free throws. He had a really good, efficient outing, five of eight from the floor. 
But in that game, too, Harper Jr. struggled. He was 0 of 2 from 3, 2 of 6 from the floor. Um, and he also had four fouls. Um, so he was in some foul trouble, too. Um, and Miles Johnson, then he also had a, he had a double-double, Miles Johnson. So he he's had good performances against Minnesota. And that was the game where Rutgers controlled the uh, – points off turnover game, but Minnesota had more points in the paint because of Robbins. Robbins had 16 points um, in that game. Um, he was he only missed three shots, and he also made a three, and he had 10 boards. Six of them were offensive rebounds, too. So Robbins is really a good offensive like set piece for Minnesota just because he can get under the basket. He can grab those rebounds, um, and he gives you, like, he gives them second-chance opportunities. Most of those opportunities coming from his six rebounds, which is crazy that he had most of his rebounds are coming on the offensive side. Usually it's the opposite. Um, so that that him playing is going to be a really big um, – it's going to be a factor in how this Rutgers team adjusts um, on the fly. Of course, Minnesota's no, no slouch. They have a really well-put-together team with Marcus Carr um, – in that lineup, Brandon Johnson, he had 10 points in that last game, but Rutgers forced him, who's a good shooter. He was less than 40% from the floor, um, so they really forced him to do uh, pretty bad in that game. But they also have Jamal Mashburn Jr., who was off the bench, had 10 points in 23 uh, minutes played. He's also a threat for Minnesota, and I think that Rutgers has got to watch out for him because they, they didn't really look prepared for him. He was 2 of 3 from 3 in that game, and he... He was getting fouled and making his free throws. He was, and he had a block and a steal. Like he's a very defensive player, um, Mashburn too. So he, if he starts and if he plays well, that's going to be another player that Rutgers is going to have to contend with. But I would want to see if a guy like Caleb McConnell, you put him on Marcus Carr or somebody like Jacob Young, somebody quick um, with steals. Also too with Montez Mathis, we haven't really seen much from him the past since he's been out of the starting lineup. Um, he had his highest points since being out of the starting lineup was nine points against Maryland. Um, when he attempted 11 shots and only made three of them. Um, but he only he did play a, a high minutes when he was not starting, 20 minutes, uh, Nebraska. He hasn't played 20 minutes since that Penn State game on January 21st. Um, so Matas Mathis is definitely somebody I expect to improve. Obviously, he's had a, he's been faltering of late. Um, he was beginning going into the Big Ten schedule, averaging about 12 points, 13 points per game. Now he's averaging less than nine points per game. So Matas Mathis is somebody I expect to really just turn up the heat, and especially against a depleted Minnesota team. And we know Mathis is an aggressive defender. That's going to be uh, interesting to look at, too. I think that Mathis is going to be um, – It's the game could go in his hands. Um, he easily could be. Um, Feichel said earlier in the week that uh, Paul, Mulcahy, Paul Mulcahy is going to be playing, um, obviously still with the mask on. And Feichel also mentioned his pre-media availability earlier this week that uh, he really likes the progress of Cliff uh, Amorier, and uh, Amorier gets a good progress for him, for Cliff. Um, so Cliff is definitely coming to his own after that little slump he had after his uh, his injury. It might have been his injury. It might have been just becoming being a freshman. Um, but he's he's improved a little bit. And I think Cliff Amorier, just him getting back in the swing of things. Um, he had five points, but he also had eight rebounds in their, uh, in that loss to Nebraska. He, he played a good solid 18 minutes. Um, he had a, he was a really good defensive outing in that game. He had a block as well. So that's something to keep an eye on, too. Uh, is Cliff's development um, as well. Um, but on the other side of this break, we are going to be speaking with head wrestling coach Scott Goodell and true freshman 184-pounder John Posnanski ahead of the Big Ten Wrestling Tournament. Of course, we have coverage of that starting at 10 tomorrow. We'll take you all the way up to the Rutgers men's basketball game, and then we will we will be back with you for the evening session at promptly at 7 uh, tomorrow. It's a really a big weekend for Rutgers wrestling, and Ruck, Ruck, Rutgers uh, fielding eight wrestlers, uh, nine wrestlers 
Um, they're not feeling 157-pounder. Two Big Tens at State College this weekend. Big opportunity for Rutgers Wrestling. We'll be, having those, we'll be speaking with them next. Keep it locked to the crew on WRSU-FM New Brunswick and online at WRSU.org. All right, welcome back to the Friday Crew. I'm Jared Bladis alongside K.R. Palan, Doug Willig, and Jake Schmid. We just heard from wrestling coach Goodell about the Big Ted tournament, and up next we've got locks. So, K.R., I'm going to throw it over to you first. What's your lock for the week? Basketball going on um, this weekend, even today. A couple of good games, but um, all eyes are kind of set on tomorrow. There's a big Big Ten match that uh, Shamid had kind of prefaced earlier during our Rutgers talk. Um, it's between Illinois and Illinois and Ohio State. Uh, Illinois is currently ranked fourth, and Ohio State is ranked seven. And uh, like Shamid had mentioned um, during our conversation, Illinois is coming off of a really really big win against Michigan, where they won by 23 points against the number two team in the nation. Um, you know that obviously, if that's not impressive, I don't know what is. Um, and on the other side, we have Ohio State, who is coming off of a um, loss against Iowa um, by almost you know 20 points as well. So this is obviously going to be a you know an interesting matchup because I wouldn't kind of put Illinois ahead just because one they're ranked higher and you know it's going to be like a 20 point win for Illinois or something like that. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that, but you know. Both teams are competitive. We we all know that in the Big Ten, all teams are kind of um, competitive no matter what. But I do think it'll kind of come down to the wire, um, and it should be a pretty you know interesting game nonetheless. I just want to quickly see what the spread is currently. Give me one second. I'm going to try to pull it up. Um, let me see. Can't find it on DraftKings, so then I will have to. Let me see. So currently we have. Oh, we actually don't have any uh betting lines set yet. So I'm guessing they'll probably be set tomorrow morning. Um, but regardless, I do think Illinois will win this one out. But I do expect Ohio State to kind of keep this one close. Um, so my lock is going to be Illinois beating Ohio State, and then vaulting themselves most likely into the top three, if not the top two rankings in the NCAA men's basketball. I like the pick, KR. Doug, what about you? Lock of the week? All right, so I'm excited for this. I am going to keep it NBA, and the NBA is on the All-Star break, which means there's no real games going on. But we do have the All-Star game on Sunday, Team LeBron versus Team Durant. The draft was aired yesterday on TNT. Uh, some interesting moments happened in the draft. LeBron said that he never would play with the Utah Jazz in video games growing up. And he said that's no disrespect to the Utah Jazz. But he said that in response to Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell both getting drafted with the last two picks. Uh, right before LeBron was going to draft Demontis Sabonis. LeBron said he needed some size for his team, but then he drafted Sabonis when Gobert was still on the board. Gobert's 7-1, Sabonis is 6-11. So that was an interesting choice. You know, some people were upset that the Jazz were getting disrespected in the draft. 
But we'll see what happens come playoff time to see how the Jazz do. They're currently the one seed. I kind of went off on a tangent there on the Jazz, but let's focus on the game itself. So Team LeBron is a minus four favorite versus Team Durant. The starting lineup for Team LeBron is LeBron, Curry, Luka, and Giannis. And the starting lineup for Team Durant is uh, Kyrie Irving, Joel Embiid, Kawhi Leonard, Bradley Beal, and Jason Tatum. And the reason that is is because Kevin Durant is injured. He won't be playing in the game. So he drafted his team. Durant did, but he's actually not playing. Durant replaced, or Jason Tatum is replacing him as the starter. So when we look at uh, the teams, and I didn't list the reserves, but they uh, both drafted seven reserves as well. I think that Team LeBron comes out on top, and I know this is an exposition game, so there is potential that, or not even potential, but they're not going to be trying like it's a real game, and therefore the results could be quite random. They just start throwing up dunks and random shots and whatnot. I think Team LeBron has the edge just because, like, Steph, Giannis, and LeBron, you already have three MVPs in that lineup. And then Luka hasn't won an MVP, but he's only 21, so he's got potential there. And then you have Nikola Jokic to round it out. And he's obviously, you know, an extremely skilled center. And then on the bench for Team LeBron, you have Damian Lillard, who is, you know, a 30-point-per-game scorer himself. you got Ben Simmons, who is a Defensive Player of the Year candidate. You got the point god in Chris Paul. You got Jalen Brown, Paul George. You know, Paul George has been playing very good. He's been a good regular season player for his whole career, though. People have criticized him for his playoff performances, but Paul George is still an elite player. And then you have Sabonis and Gobert to round out that lineup. So that's why I have Team LeBron at minus four. You know, the bench for Team Durant, don't get me wrong, James Harden's won an MVP. You got Devin Booker, who is, in the words of LeBron, one of the most disrespected players in the NBA. Zach Levine has been playing maybe the best bowl since Derrick Rose. You know, that franchise hasn't been that good since Michael Jordan left, but Levine's been good. You know, you got Donovan Mitchell, Zion Williamson, Julius Randle, Nikola Vucevic, round that out. That's Team Durant, but I already said why I have Team LeBron minus four. Depends how the All-Star game goes down. You know, last season, they introduced that new format. I don't know if you guys watched, but they, in honor of Kobe Bryant, they had them after the first three quarters, the total they were put in, in the fourth quarter, instead of there being like a time limit, the team had to score 24 more points than the total. So that's kind of confusing, but essentially, as opposed to playing against a clock, it's more like when you're playing, you know, pickup ball and you're playing at a 21, it was like that. They were playing to a score, and it got really competitive at the end. So I'm hoping it's going to be like that this like that this year. You know, they're not doing a full All-Star weekend, so there's going to be a slam dunk contest at halftime, actually. There's a lot going on, but I'm just looking forward to it, and I have Team LeBron winning it. That's interesting. That's a, that's a good one, Doug. Um, for my lock, I'm going to go... Um, let's see. I'm going to go in the um, college basketball... Um, Wisconsin at Iowa, Iowa favored at about minus, uh, Sunday game, minus six, minus seven, Iowa, that the Iowa beats Wisconsin by more than that. They not only cover, but they win. Uh, this is a Wisconsin team that's lost two straight. Iowa's won two and Iowa's fifth in the country, probably going to be like a two seed, uh, one or two, probably a two seed in the tournament after Michigan being a one. Um, so this is a big game for Wisconsin because they like need a good win like this to get a high, like five, six seed in the tournament. Uh, I'm going to take Iowa in that one. All right. And I'll finish us up. I'm going to go away from basketball. 
We've got a big UFC fight on Saturday night. We've got Israel Adesanya versus Jan Blachowicz. Adesanya's a minus 240 clear favorite. He's 20-0, never lost before. And I'm almost certain that he's going to go 21-0. So I would just throw all your money on Adesanya, staying undefeated. I think that's a very, very easy lock for the week. You know, I don't know if you've seen the other lines for for that card. Did you see Amanda Nunez is a minus one thousand favorite? Not not even a bad call. Who is she? One thousand. I don't fighting? like. Th- oh, Megan Anderson. Yeah. I- yeah, Megan Anderson's actually pretty decent though. But regardless, I have no idea how she's a one thousand favorite. Like, I get she's won eight in a row. Nobody could beat her. At this point, they're just throwing like whoever wants to fight her. But one thousand, like. Come on, give the people a chance at least. Fair. That's like a very worthless bet, but I'm sure the entire world is pretty sure that she'll just keep winning. So guess it makes sense. No doubt. All right, and with that, we'll head to break. And after this, we'll be talking about the upcoming women's basketball game tonight. So keep it locked on WRSU-FM New Brunswick and online at WRSU.org. And welcome back to the Friday crew. Jake Schmid, Jared running the board, Kaor Palan, and Doug Willig as we get set for more action and pivotal matchup today. Rutgers women's basketball taking on Ohio State. Christian Vasquez and myself will be on that call at... Uh, 7.45. It's a big matchup of ranked teams. The women's team ranked 24th in the country. Ohio State ranked 22nd. Rutgers has clinched the double bye for the Big Ten Women's Tournament, um, which will be, they'll most likely be playing Thursday. Um, If they win this game, they'll most likely lock up that three seed um, above Michigan, who is four. um, Indiana second, Maryland first in the Big Ten. This is a big game on senior night, honoring Arella Garantes, Takia Mack, and Mayel Giles. Uh, for the Rutgers women's basketball team, who have been on a tear um, as well. The Ohio State will not be uh, partake, partaking in a uh, postseason tournament. They have a postseason ban for this season uh, in the program. Um, so they it doesn't really matter much for them. But for Rutgers, it's an opportunity to bolster their resume. They have a top 15 uh, net ranking as well. Um, it's a really big game for the Scarlet Knights, who have not lost since returning back from action, which is probably the most remarkable thing. They have, on, on riding an eight-game winning streak, the longest in-conference play since 2004-2005 uh, season. They've also held opponents um, bo- um, really well, below 60 points in seven straight games. That's the longest streak since they were national champion runner-ups in the 2007 uh, tournament. Um, so it's a really historic run this team is on. It's a really good Rutgers team. Diamond Johnson's most likely a, a, a semifinalist for the Nancy Lieberman Award watch list for the freshman for a point guard. Uh, it's a really big opportunity for the Rutgers women's team. And uh, they're they're in a little bit of a more comfortable spot than the men's just because they've been just destroying Big Ten opponents game in, game out. And they've really been their patented defense um, and their steals. They have three uh, players in this top five in steals um, in the conference. So it's a really, it's a really, this team's really been on a big tear. Yeah, yeah you know, I think, the team, or, go, go ahead, ahead, my bad. Yeah, the go team's ahead, been ahead. on a huge tear. It's just been insane. Since that 35-day break, 
you know, when they kept getting games canceled, they've just been on an absolute tear. And I'm excited for the damage the team can do in the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament. I'm just happy that, I mean, I'm, I was surprised when I, I've mentioned this on the crew a hundred times, so it's not a new thought, but I was surprised when Aurelio Garantes, you know, didn't go to the WNBA last season and opted to stay here. But now we're coming to see, like, what she can do with that. Like, if this is her last season here, she's going to be a first-round pick in the WNBA, probably a first-round pick. And, you know, come tournament, to see her her forces combined with Diamond Johnson, who's having a phenomenal freshman season. I mean, we knew she was going to be good. She was a top-ranked uh, high school recruit, no matter what list you looked at. But she's just been playing so well. And her combined with Aurel Garantes, and you have Takiya Mack, every game just coming in, playing with so much energy. And, you know, Giles has stepped up at times. There's so many contributors on this team. And you have a legendary coach. They've just been on such a tear this past month, beating Penn State by 18 points on March 2nd. Uh, they beat Penn State the game before that only by five, but then they beat Michigan State, beat Illinois, beat Minnesota. They beat Purdue. You know, the last time this team lost, you got to go back to January 3rd when they lost in Nebraska 53-50. Then they had that month off, and they haven't lost since then. It's just been incredible to watch the team play. You know, they got stripped of that tournament appearance last season, as everyone did because of the cancellation. And now that it's back, I'm just excited to see what they can do in this postseason. And, you know, for the final game of the season today, you know, I'm excited to hear, you know, Schmid and Christian call it. You know, Ohio State's number 15 in the country, so they're a difficult opponent. But I'm confident, and I don't want to be overly confident, but I'm excited to see Rutgers play in this one. Yeah, I can echo that any better. Uh, you know, I'm, I feel like one word to kind of describe this entire season for the women's basketball team is just exciting. Um, and I think a big part in that is because there were no expectations to be set on this team. And um, if there were any, they far exceeded them. I promise you that just because of what they've accomplished in the last, um, you know, win streak that they've accumulated. And it's 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 came to a point where no matter win or lose, you just want to kind of see who's going to be the star that night. Right. Um, and, and everybody kind of has eyes on uh, Aurela Garantes mostly, but we've seen other players step up as well. And, you know, Diamond Johnson is going to be one of those players that that people are going to, you know, hopefully whenever we have fans back, they're going to come out to watch her play, you know, because of um, just what she's shown in her first year. Uh, and, and to be, you know, given that opportunity and, you know, even capitalize on it, that just shows that this team altogether kind of believes in one another and, um, you know, wants to do whatever they can to, to make sure they can go out there and win or at least perform at their highest level. And, you know, it's I, – I don't know about you guys, but it's been – they they're still undervalued to for some reason. Um, you know, I would say not a lot of people talk about them compared to the men's team, but we've seen – them go from you know not being even mentioned to rallying this eight nine game win streak that they have now and going to become a ranked team now they're going up against a 15th ranked team that you know I wouldn't say they're completely out of contention usually we would be like okay it's Ohio State it's probably going to be a difficult game they're going to have to do like everything perfectly but the way that this team's been playing like who knows what's going to happen tonight? And I think this is a perfect test to kind of end their season on uh, just to see what kind of mindset and form they're in before they go into the Big Ten tournament. And um, 
again, just kind of want to repeat what Doug said. It's just exciting. Uh, I'm kind of excited to see what happens tonight and excited to see what happens, you know, even after this regular season and postseason. And um, it, it's kind of all uphill for this team and, and it's going to be quite a journey. And I'm glad I was here to kind of see it start and hopefully it'll start setting in a lot of people's minds as well that, you know, this team's for real and they're fun to watch. So come out and watch them or, you know, at least watch them until you can go and watch them in person. Yeah, yeah, you know, the Rutgers women's basketball program, you know, historically, you know, they have the runner-up in the NCAA tournament in 07. They've made the Final Four a couple times, 2000 and 07 as well. I'm just excited, you know, based on what the program's built. I would love, and I know everyone would love to see them, you know, just win the NCAA tournament. And I'm not saying it's going to happen this year. I'm not saying it's going to happen next year. You know, there's some very dominant women's programs. UConn's been dominant forever in the in the women's basketball game. And just as a whole, there, there's been some dominant teams. But if Rutgers can finally, maybe eventually one year, get over that hump and win the NCAA tournament. And obviously, you know, like I just mentioned, they haven't been, you know, as far that far, you know, since 2007. But they have made the Elite Eight a bunch of times. Not as recently as 2008, though. They made the tournament in the last 10 years um but based on what's been said with Arella Garantes in her time here you know see Vivian Stringer has seen a lot of players over the time I'm excited now that kind of once Arella Garantes goes to the WNBA and Diamond Johnson becomes you know maybe the leader of the team I'm excited to see what heights she can bring the team to what other pieces come in what recruits come in you know years from now Doug, I think you might have cut out for that last part. Oh, my bad, my bad. I was just saying, or I don't know if I'm cutting out now, but I'm just excited, you know, what heights the program's going to reach, you know, based on recruits they bring in down the line, you know, and based on the historical success, you know, I hope they just keep building on that. Yeah, Doug, definitely. We're in for a treat for the rest of the Rutgers women's basketball season tonight should be exciting as well as their future tournament runs so definitely have that to look forward to but with that we're going to step aside coming up for the next hour so keep it locked on WRSU FM New Brunswick and online at WRSU.org <laughs> 